So my name is Jeff Kish. Um, I'm an employer of Bartlett Tree Experts. This January, I'll be celebrating my 25th year with the company. Uh, my current position is an assistant division manager. People often ask, what does that mean? Um, I work directly with a vice president of the company, and I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a boots on the ground type manager, more visiting local offices, more working with arborist, arborist representative individually, providing coaching, mentorship, and that sort of thing. The majority of my career, I started in the field doing production work right out of college and kind of worked my way up through the ranks into a leadership position as a local manager in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I spent 18 years of my career working in Raleigh as a local manager. I still reside in North Carolina. That's my home base where my house is. But um, I, help, um, I help my manager manage 13 different offices throughout the Southeast, which the Southeast includes North and South Carolina, Georgia and Florida. Well, congratulations on 25 years. That's a, that's a big achievement. Yeah. seems like yesterday I was just getting started. That's, it's funny how time flies. And did you know, um, you said you graduated college and got into the industry. Did you know that's where you wanted to end up after you graduated college or did you kind of fall into it? Uh, a little bit of both. So let me, um, you know, I, st I went, I was a community college transferee. So I got an associates of science in community college. Uh, I transferred into Virginia Tech, uh, and I stu was studying forestry. And at the time I transferred in, I didn't really know what a boar culture was. No one had ever gone over it, reviewed it, didn't even know it was an industry. But I did know that I wanted, I had a passion for trees. I knew I wanted to work outside. Um, and so I started with forestry. And at the time, I thought I was going to be uh, riding a horse through the woods wearing a Smokey the Bear outfit. I thought that's what forestry was. But I quickly learned that forestry is managing stands of timber and is a little bit different avenue than I was where I wanted my career to take me. One course I took at school was called Urban Forestry at the time. And that was really kind of reviewing the curriculum for the ISA Certified Arborist uh, test. Once I took that course, um, it clicked. Everything clicked to me. And it was that course that kind of steered my career to where I am today. That's where I made the decision that this is what I want to do. And uh, so I never, I never looked back. Yeah, that's awesome. And just a question on that. So like, you know, you went to college and did that kind of stuff. What mm -hmm. sort of programs are available for students who are looking to get into urban forestry because it's really not its own standalone thing like you had mentioned that you were in forestry right uh, i know unh up in new hampshire has a forestry program mm -hmm. uh but it's not they're not specific so what kind of stuff can you do to better prepare yourself if you want to end up in you know a career like this first of all understanding what the industry is you know we are as arborists we are managing individual trees as they relate to people so you, number one is I encourage everyone to learn their plants and their trees. Start off with that. I, I consider our industry is a lot like a veterinarian, you know, where we, we work on multiple species from all over the world and our patients don't talk to us. So you have to know those individual species. You've got to know the culture, the history, you know, where, where these trees came from, where they grow natively and learn all the ins and outs of that. So I always start with that. Just simply learn your plants. 
And uh, from there, it can take you into some of the job skills that that we look for in, in new hires. Yeah. And in, in looking for a new hire um, for any kind of company, and I don't really know, you know, what level it would be at, but what is what does it look like for for you at Bartlett when you're looking for a new hire? Yeah, that's a great question. So I always say there's three things that I look for. One is you have to want to work outside, right? It, it wouldn't make sense <laughs> if you did not want to be outside. So that two is you have to have a passion for trees and plants. If you're not passionate about trees and plants, it's again, it's just not an industry for you. And the third thing is a work ethic. It's a hard demanding job. Um, and and uh, without, a, without a solid work ethic, when you get started, you're working on a production team. So there's a lot of teamwork that gets involved. You've got to be able to work with others and work hard because you're responsible. You know, a team, everyone's got their jobs on that team and you have to be responsible for your own task and hold your end up. So again, the love of the outdoors and want to work outside, a passion for trees and shrubs, and then a work ethic that goes along with that. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It sounds like a hard sell, especially if you're trying to grab, you know, students straight out of high school or college. Um, you know, what are the benefits of actually working in the tree care industry? Because what you listed off seems like a, a, a big list of responsibilities for them to kind of have to consider, you know, at, I mean, at 18, I had no clue what I want to do. I just went to college because I was told to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the students now are in very different places, but you know, what are the, what are the advantages or the perks of working in the tree care industry as compared to maybe uh, another outdoor industry or even just, you know, a, uh, a different trade? Sure. Well, I, one thing is, and this is from my experience as well as what I've seen with new hires, you know, whether they're coming out of high school or coming out of college, one thing that attracts them is the change, the pace. Every day is a different day. Matter of fact, you might go to three or four different job sites throughout a, throughout a specific day. So a lot of young people, including myself, um, I would self-diagnose myself as ADD. I like change. So, you know, coming in every single day, knowing you're not going to the same property, doing the same thing. Like I'll compare ourselves to maybe uh, landscape maintenance companies where, you know, we have landscape maintenance companies, they're recruiting for the same type of employees that we do in a boar culture. Well, landscape maintenance, you're going to go to the same landscapes every day. You're going to cut the lawn, trim, edge, blow off every day, and it's going to be rinse and repeat. In this industry, every day, every job you're doing is going to be different. You work on different landscapes, your tasks, your goals of that particular day are going to be different, whether you're pruning small shrubs, whether you're removing a large hazardous tree. That change is what I think attracts young, uh, young people, as well as I'm blessed to work for a company that, that really puts a lot of emphasis into training. And we set up, some, we set up uh, career paths for, for new hires. And that's where I see the young people like really click is they know exactly where they stand day to day. They know what tasks they're working on, what they're training on. They check that box, they move on to another training item. And that keeps people engaged. They know where they stand. They know what they have to do to improve, whether it's financially to get more money or whether it's to advance their career. So again, I'm blessed that our company has that in our culture. 
And that's how we can take people that are brand new to the industry without any experience and literally turn them into a, a, a production climber or a plant healthcare specialist in a fairly short matter of time. Yeah. And that leads me into two different directions. I want to take this. Um, and I guess I'm going to ask the first one or the first one that pops to mind is, is tree care for everyone, right? Because, um, you know, plant healthcare isn't something I learned about until I entered the industry, you know, working with TCIA and doing that kind of stuff. And I found that once I got into, into learning more about the different parts of tree care, there seems like there's certain, you know, areas of expertise for everyone. But at the same time, it was a little bit of a misnomer where we were saying tree care is for everyone because tree care is for a very specific uh, type of person, I think. Yeah. And it is not for everyone. You know, I go back to those three points, you know, the love of outdoors. Well, sometimes, again, I work in the southeast and our summers, here we are at the very end of August. It's a it's a hot, demanding time of the year to work outside. And if you're not used to being outside, that can actually cause problems with, uh, you know, working day to day. So a lot of times it's just simply the weather, the heat or the cold, depending on what part of the country you're in. That's just another stress level. Some, a lot of people getting into the industry think that the first thing you have to do is I want, you have to be a climber. So if I have a fear of heights, that might not be a career path that I want to take. Well, luckily there's enough other types of jobs that the fear of heights, honestly, I, I could climb. I was not a great climber because I always had a, somewhat of a fear of heights. I had to overcome some of it, but because of that, I, I tended to turn my career a little bit different way. So no, it's not for everybody. Um, it is demanding hard work. There's no way to sugarcoat that. Uh, you're working, whether it's hot, cold, rainy, windy, you have to be able to kind of prepare yourself for those elements. And that's simply just not for everybody. No. And that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I think one of the big things I thought when people were first talking about the tree care industry, because all the pictures you see are usually from a climber's perspective, because that gives you the nicest view, you know, some of the, some of the coolest pictures, I was like, I could not do anything in the tree care industry if it all involves heights, because, yeah. you know, I like you, I, I can do it, but it's not going to be quick or efficient or anything like that. So I think it's important to let people know that in addition to, you know, the climbing and stuff outdoors, we have things like plant healthcare, uh, you know, the rest of the grounds crew, and there is plenty of positions open. If you do have that passion, don't let that one hang up thing uh, get a hold of you too much and, you know, discourage you from joining the industry because that's not all it is. Right. And, you know, you, uh, for people that advance, you have to have the, you have to be comfortable with getting outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, for so some people really, they want to stay in that comfort zone and they don't want to expand. And I, and I'm come back to climbing again, when I started climbing, you know, I'd get 20 feet in the air and I was, I was already out of my comfort zone at the, at the beginning. And I learned that the, the more I could repeat that. And I knew that the, my mentors or my coaches were looking out for me. I felt that, and they would push me to get out of my comfort zone. Well, my comfort zone expanded every time I, every day I went out, my comfort zone got a little bit larger and a little bit larger, a little bit larger. Next thing I know it's a year later. And I look back and say, wow, look where I am today compared to where I was when I started. And it, it just blew me away. So every day you're kind of building on the skills that you 
you learn the day before. Yeah. And then part of the other way I want to go with this, this topic was making a career out of tree care. Mm-hmm. You had kind of alluded to it saying that you had a career path for, you know, people who are interested in whether it's checking off a box for skills or for monetary increases and stuff like that. Um, what does a career actually look like in the tree care industry? One thing, well, I encourage everyone getting started is you, you have to get your hands dirty. You know, to learn our trade in our industry, I believe that you have to do it first. You can't read about it. You can't watch a YouTube video about it. You have to actually get in and you have to work and get your hands dirty. Um, hopefully during that period of time, you find a mentor because the mentorship and the coaching is crucial um, to have someone that you can ask questions that you trust and that they can kind of help guide you along. So career paths for us look like you might be on a tree crew. Most tree crews consist of three people, a groundy, a climber, and a crew leader. And most people start off on the ground. So they start off as a groundy. And I'd like to make sure everyone understands the ground is one of the most important jobs <laughs> there are on a team, but you learn everything on the ground before you start getting aloft. Another path for us might be uh, plant health care, where you have to have a, a little bit of knowledge of soils. You have to have, into, in, um, you l- learn your insects, learn your diseases, things of that nature. And we go out and provide prescriptive treatments for those plants. Another path might be doing inventories and writing management plans and counting and, and inventorying stands of trees and, and developing a plan. Another career path might be administrative or working in an office. You know, our, most offices are dynamic. Phones are ringing, emails are coming in, there's marketing. There's a lot of business on that side that kind of supports the, the field work. Uh, from there, management, or it could be research. You know, so there's the, those are what I see as the different, the different layers. There's also safety and training. So a lot of the employees, as they develop their skills, they move into more being trainers or, and mentors and coaches. Yeah. And how far, you know, how far ahead do people need to look to start planning out their career? Because, you know, going between PHC or, you know, uh, a groundy and stuff like that, or even, you know, coming back to the more, the sales focus positions or the marketing position, there's a lot to do, a lot mm-hmm. to choose from. And I, I like to think that people like to experiment a little bit before they get too locked into one position. I mean, going through college, I had no clue where I want to end up. And the only reason I ended up at TCA is because I hit apply on every job that said marketing on LinkedIn and, you know, found this place. Um, so it, I, I think it's, I like the career planning aspect, but I, I want to know how, you know, how flexible is it for people to try to find their own way in the industry when they're not quite sure what they want to do? Yeah. I think flexibility is the key word in that because you have to try different things. And, and what we at Bartlett tree experts look for is a well-rounded arborist people that can do a little bit of everything. You know, we want them, you want to be knowledgeable, um, uh, again, about the trees, but we also want to have a little bit of experience being a, a ground person, a little bit of experience climbing, a little bit of experience doing plant healthcare work, a little bit of experience talking to customers, doing time management as you're out there doing routes. So 
if you can, every job you do in our industry, there's something to glean from. And whether it's being coachable, that will turn you into a coach. Whether it's time management while you're running routes, that helps you down the road in a more of a leadership position. Speaking with customers, you know, like speaking with your teammates, all of that leads to something bigger than where you are at that moment. So I, that's something I encourage all young people is whatever job they're working, glean something positive from that job. Even if it's a bad job you're working, you're in high school, you're working at a grocery store, your boss, you would consider just a jerk. There's something you can take away from that experience and bring it into whatever career you choose to do. Yeah. And I like that. And, you know, continuing the career aspect part of it, um, the next generation of just workers in general, not just arborists, are looking for more of a, a work-life balance. Mm -hmm. um, that's been the newest thing that's come up. So what is the work-life balance in tree care? Is there, you know, there's still time for people to do their activities. I know that because I've seen them on Instagram and doing all the other kind of stuff. But what does a normal day look like at, at Bartlett? A normal day for us, uh, we start at 7 a.m. And an eight-hour workday would be getting off at 3.30. That's pretty nice. I mean, you know, getting off at 3.34 o'clock is still not too late in the day. Uh, sometimes when the, when the weather is conducive, some of our offices work 410, so they have a longer weekend. We, know, we recognize as managers how hard the, the work is, how physically demanding it is. And when, is, when you work a physically demanding job, you need to have a good work-life balance because you can easily burn yourself out by working too much. Things have changed, you know, since I started in the industry where it was all about hours, you know, we basically sell chargeable hours of services. That's what, what salespeople do uh, or managers or small, small business owners do. And it would be just push, 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 push for those hours. That's how we, they used to say in the industry that the, the small tree care company isn't making a profit until after lunch on Friday. So up until lunch on Friday, you're just simply paying your bills and profit comes from those later hours. So we want to push. Recently, we've recognized that that's a recipe for disaster. You know, you can burn yourself out really quick and physically burn yourself out where, I mean, your, your muscles are sore and your bones hurt or mentally burn yourself out as well. So having work-life balance is, is key taking vacation, having time off, rest up when you need will lead to a longer career for you. It's a, again, it's a physically, we're urban athletes. So urban athletes can't compete 75 hours a week. It just, it, you can't sustain that. So having a, having a balance um, is important to us as a, as managers. Yeah. And I think it's just important to acknowledge that fact because I think a lot of people figure some sort of outdoors thing, um, you know, growing up, I knew a lot of people who were doing landscaping, uh, you know, working for paving companies and stuff like that and just worked, you know, this was, this was summer jobs, but they worked all summer, you know, 60 hours a week and were absolutely just beaten down, you know, in the heat and every weather condition. So I think it's important to note that, you know, that this is a career that it is long-term and that, you know, the people who are part of this career care about your well-being and your long-term health, because like you said, it's physical and 
basically all aspects of the job working out in the field, you know, whether it's PHC or climbing or all that kind of stuff, your body still needs to be able to go in all the weather conditions, like you were saying, during your normal work week, it, you can't just let yourself get burnt out over the course of, you know, two months and then be like, I'm, I'm done and I can't do anything else. Exactly. I, I've said this to my boss who I've also, I'm blessed to have worked for the same boss for 22 years. So we've been partnered for a long time. And I've said this because I've watched people burn out quickly and I've seen people give it 120% for two weeks and all of a sudden mentally, physically they're fried and they're checked out for two weeks. And they're maybe they're working at 50% of their capability during those two weeks. And then back to 120, then back to 50, it's up and down, up and down. And I've always said that if we can work 90%, give it 90%, 100% of the time, that's a successful recipe for like a long-term career. You leave a little gas in the tank. So something might come in front of you and you got to push a little harder to get to hundred percent or 110%, but just being consistent and the consistency back to work-life balance, the consistency is what leads to long, fruitful careers and less burnout, I think. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you've been in the industry for 25 years, you know, or at least for at, or at Bartlett for 25 years speaks to the fact that, you know, longevity is important to, to very yeah. many people in the industry. Yeah. Um, but mentors and mentorship comes up a lot in the tree care industry overall. Uh, a lot of people don't actually know or have experienced what a mentor is. So in the tree care industry, what should someone be looking for in a mentor if they're just starting out? I feel like I'm a good mentor and I'll tell you why, because I am honest and I'm open and I, it's, it's my human nature. I enjoy helping people. Some of the highest skilled tree arborists, climbers, crew leaders, people I've seen are not the best mentors. Uh, They keep their skills. They keep their tasks. They, they to themselves. So a mentor comes in, in my opinion, comes in all different shapes and sizes, all different experience levels. And you want to, you want to have someone that is approachable, that will be honest and give you the time that you need. And for people that are listening, you're going to know who those people are. They're going to be very easy to talk to, and they're going to give you solid advice, not what you want to hear, because that's one thing you don't want to you don't want a mentor to tell you what you want to hear. You want a mentor to tell you what the honest truth is. And in most cases, it's based on their life experiences that they've gotten out of that. So as you, as you search for mentors, don't go to the most experienced person in the room. There's a chance they could be the best mentor in the room. I'm not saying they're not, but it could be the last person that was hired for that company that could be your best mentor because they're the ones that's going to take you under their wing show you how to fill a timesheet out, show you where the bathrooms are, show you where the trucks are, help you with those questions that we all have. And throughout your career, you're going to run across hundreds of mentors uh, that, that will come and go. So always be looking for one. Sometimes it's okay to ask, ask someone, would you be willing to be a mentor of mine and give me advice? And it's flattering if you ask someone, and in most cases, of course, because that's just human nature. I think most, most humans want to help people. It's just our nature to do that. So I think it's crucial. And it's whether you're in high school, whether you're in college, whether 
you didn't even finish high school. You need to have some kind of mentors. Some of us, it might've been our parents, but in a lot of cases, it's not your parents. It's maybe it's, it's just people that you've run across in life. Yeah. And continue that theme. Um, what advice do you have for those who are about to graduate or maybe first time job seekers in the industry? And what kind of advice do you wish somebody gave to you when you first started? Um, that's a great question. Well, first of all, advice for, for new graduates is one is be open-minded, um, go into a company and big part of a company is the culture of that company. You know, you have to fit the culture of that company and it's okay that if you work a place, you, you glean what was good, you glean what was bad out of it and be open-minded. You, you know, if it's not a fit for you and you don't feel comfortable with that company, move on, find another company but very, very much be open-minded. So I think starting in, starting out in the industry, um, again, have that open-minded feel and, and also do your research because in our industry, hiring is one of the most difficult things we, we can do hiring the right people. So we're constantly looking for new people to add to our teams and there's jobs all over the place. I mean, it, you, if you, that's, this is a career path you're interested, I assure you, you can find a company within your geographic footprint that you can start working with tomorrow. Um, but again, really look into the culture of that company, make sure it's the right fit for you. Also as a new, a, a new, a person getting into the industry learn how to ask questions about safety, learn how to ask questions about their company's training programs, about benefits, uh, about, you know, things that should be important to you when you're 18 years old and you're looking for a new job. Benefits might not be the top of your list. Safety might not be the top of your list. Training might not be the top of your list, but these are excellent questions to ask the owners, the supervisors, it kind of is a differentiator. It's going to make you really set yourself out differently. What advice that I wish someone would have given me? Um, that's a, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm not right. I'm not really sure what advice I wish someone would have given me. There's definitely a lot. I think, you know, in, in any career, really, when you're first starting out at 18 or whatever it is, there's so much advice. Maybe somebody even did give to you. And I'm speaking from my own experience. Somebody did give to you that you shrugged off. You're like, yeah, uh-huh. You don't know any better. And then a couple of years later, I'm like, oh man, they were right. I don't remember even who said the advice anymore, but I remember that they were right. Yeah. You know, so I, I had my head that like when I started in the industry, my head was down. I'm going to be an arborist. That's what I, I had made that decision. And I didn't even have plan B. <laughs> this was plan a for me. And if, if, if I failed, I don't know what I would do. Um, I actually have, was trained to be a park ranger. So I'm a person that's, I like people and I like talking about trees and people, but, but back then, um, the Dean of forestry at Virginia tech is the one who encouraged me to get into a boar culture. So he was an early on mentor for me. He encouraged me. He gave me the rules of the safety, the culture, the science behind the industry. And he gave me the advice of, if you're going to select this as a long-term career, be the best you can be, be a professional, learn everything you possibly can about the industry, 
learn, you know, I'm a board master, a board certified master arborist. TC, I'm a, I'm a um, CTSP, you know, I got certified as soon as I possibly could. I've graduated from the ASCA Academy. All those things is back to David Smith that gave me that advice saying, you're going to do it. Go in and be the very, very best you can be. And you're going to quickly rise to the top by doing that. So that might be some advice. Going to do it, do it right. I like that. It's good advice. And for those who are looking for resources, maybe some more information about the tree care industry, where do you recommend that they even start? Uh, well, you know, ISA, TCIA, both have great publications. You know, uh, there's a lot anymore. I mean, Instagram, right? There's mm-hmm. my son. My son is, an, is a 19-year-old who works as a climber. And when I communicate with him, it's all about, dad, look at this page. Look at this Instagram site. Look at this TikTok video. And it's, that's where he's getting a lot of that information. Some of it's great. Some of it's horrible. But it's still getting his, his mind is still churning. And he might see something that he can dive in and take it to another level and, and learn more about it. So community colleges, you know, there's, there's a lot of, if, if hey, a four-year institution is not for you, there's a lot of great community colleges, one of which is in our area that just started a, a boriculture certificate program. So it's designed for the working person to just learn a little bit more about the science uh, and skills of what we do. So you, if you start diving in, uh, there might be a school around you. Um, there might be a company around you that you could come in and job shadow someone for the day. So it's the information's out there. You just have to kind of dive in and look for it. Yeah. And I just want to double down on what you said. Uh, this industry, you know, from everything I've seen is more than willing to, to give, um, you know, with open arms, really uh, company to company. You know, we have our big event, TCI Expo, that we go to and, you know, just watching the different people there who would normally be competitors because they're in the same area, get together, share information, you know, share best safety practices and, you know, kind of give each other advice, uh, tips, tricks. It's it's weird to see. Um, it's very unique in that aspect. And I think that, like you said, if you reached out to somebody on Instagram, or TikTok or something, and you just said, hey, I'm interested in learning more about this, they would unload everything that they have on you to make sure that you would be as best educated as possible. Yeah, 100% agree. And and again, I'm just feel so old now. But uh, I look back at like the last couple of years and that that with social media with these platforms to share information. It's just awesome. I mean, here I am, uh, old Facebook guy that flips through and I, I have all these tree sites that I'm, you know, friends with or like, and, and it's, it's always really cool. And it, that's what I catches me. Well, then you'll, then you'll start to, as you start to look at these sites, you start to see these individuals and some people are extremely sharing. We're proud of what we do and sharing just kind of emphasizes our passion and, there's not a, I don't know of a company out there if you called them, if, unless they're just too busy to, they, and they didn't have the time for you, but to just shadow, you know, what we encourage people do is we call them ride-alongs for lack of a better term, but you come in, you, you sit down at a safety meeting, you kind of meet the team, we'll drive you out to a job site. Again, you meet a smaller team out actually pr- 
performing the jobs, talk to the crew leader, talk to the, the, the groundy, talk to the climber, see the equipment, see what kind of job, what kind of work they're actually doing. We encourage that. And we would do that every day if someone was interested, because to me, when you job shadow, two things happen. One is the company's subtly interviewing you, but more importantly, you're interviewing the company and it has to be that two-way street. And, and when you both kind of come up with an agreement, it typically is the right fit for the company and the employee. Yeah. And I like that because uh, I walked into a couple interviews, you know, uh, just for my marketing gig before I found TCIA. And uh, I wish I could have shadowed, you know, a company to see what they did because the interview was absolutely atrocious, um, both on my and their end. I won't take, I won't blame it fully on them, but you know, it would have been nice to see before I even considered the process of applying what I would be getting myself into rather than trying to throw myself into the fire and then be like, uh, I don't know what I want yet. You know? Yeah. So, no, oh, sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, I also, I think about because of I've been in this area so long, you know, I'm kind of talking from the, the larger corporate platform, right? Bartlett tree experts, the bigger companies, but I look at some of the local smaller owner operator companies in our area that are incredibly skilled and incredible. I know the owners of these, these companies, I know how skilled they are. I know how culture is so ultimately important to them. So whether it's a small company or whether it's a big company, there is a lot of talent out there. I mean, when we are competitors, but yet, I can think of three or four companies right now that I would want my kid, I would feel comfortable with my own kids working for them and, and the skills that they would get from them. So whether you want to go to a big company or a smaller kind of a intimate uh, work culture type environment, try, take a look at all of them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm out of questions. We kind of went through everything I had prepared. So uh, I guess before we end off, is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't had a chance to yet? Well, I was going to tell you the story of when I started. And again, this might, this might be for some of the college graduates out there. Our college, they're not graduates. They're actually current college students. So I found, I found our company at a career fair. And at the career fair, back to my mentor, my advisor, he said, Jeff, go there spend as much time as you can talking to potential employers. So I encourage anybody out there looking for work, if you have the ability to get to a career fair, go. Stop at every booth you can, talk to them, shake their hands, get their literature, see how they follow up with you, see how they interact with you. And it might not even be a company that you see yourself working at. There's a lot of skills that happen from the, the small talk of talking to these fairs. And I think you'll be surprised that there might be a company that wasn't even on your radar, that there's just a connection. And when you feel that connection, you'll know what I mean. And back to my days in that career fair is I went to several different companies and I never felt a connection. And I finally went to the career fair booth for my employer and there was this instant connection. There were several people working. They took the time. They gave me the energy for, for the company. 
And I stood there and talked to them for an hour and a half and it felt like five minutes. And when I walked out of the fair that day, I knew exactly that that's who I wanted to work for. There was no question in my mind. I wasn't going to look for anybody else because that connection I had felt. So again, people looking for jobs, talk to as many people as you can. You'll be surprised when you make that connection. It's just, it just happens. And when you do, you're going to feel really good about yourself going to work every single day because here I am going on 25 years. I still love my job. I still wake up every morning. I still don't, I have never once dreaded coming to work. There's challenges. There's no doubt every, not every day with snow cones and candy canes, but I have carried that passion throughout all these years. And I look forward to another 10 or 15 years doing this. 